Welcome to Cornerstone, a podcast by Rebuild Fellowship. On today's episode, Pastor Chuck will begin a new message, which is titled, Much More. This message will continue our short break from our Bear Fruit series and focus our attention in Matthew 6. As we move to Father's Day weekend, this two-part series will turn our eyes towards the love and commitment that is on display from our Heavenly Father. So if you have your Bibles, please turn them to Matthew 6 right now as we join in with Pastor Chuck. As I think about being a father, and I think about my Heavenly Father, I would be remiss if I didn't mention the Imago Day that I have been created in, the image of God that I have been created in as a black man. And today for many in my community, the black community, this is a day of celebration for us. This is what's known as Juneteenth. It was the day where freedom reached all of the slaves. The Emancipation Proclamation happened first, but all of the slaves had not heard of this freedom that was granted for us. All of us hadn't received this freedom. All of us didn't get to rejoice and celebrate in the freedom that this entire country was able to experience. Now, I can continue to go on building on that, but what I do want to say that this is something that the Lord has blessed me to be able to experience in my lifetime. And because of that, I recognize the fact that there are still many difficult things in this country in particular that does not make it easy for me to be housed in this skin that I'm in. But I know a man that went to Calvary's cross. And I know a man that before any man could sign a paper of freedom, there was a God who gave me freedom and he wrote it in his blood. So because of that, because of his grace, I today stand in the confidence to say that what I'm seeing in this room, that what my beloved uh, forefather of the faith, Dr. Martin Luther King, proclaimed, that every one of us in here, no matter race, creed, color, religion, all of us can gather together and assemble in his great name. And God has given me an assignment I take this seriously, and I believe the scriptures that all of God's children can be together in one room, which gives us a picture of what we see in Revelation one day, that all nations, tribes, and tongues will be together around his throne, crying out, holy, 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 worthy is the Lamb of God who has taken away the sins for the world. I don't diminish my blackness. But I more so exalt my Christianness. And so, family, I'll be honest with you. There were times on this journey where fighting to be a multi ethnic church was very, very difficult for me. Jamesia, on a number of occasions, I threw in the towel. But here's what God did. I don't have my towel with me. Here's what God did. I don't have I don't have my towel. But anyways, what God did for me was He picked that towel up, He placed it back in my hand, and He said to me, "Here you go, baby. I'm good now." He said, "He said to me, son, don't you ever say that to me again. Has my grace 
not been sufficient for you. Now, I know people in the room, Jay, some are going to get hot with me because they think I'm taking the easy way out. They're thinking I'm assuaging people's minds and feelings in this moment, that I don't know what I'm talking about, that I'm just taking the easy way out because I'm a black man and I'm in room with other white people, so I'm softening what I'm saying. I ain't softening it. I don't, re, I don't need to rehash my pain so you can experience pleasure in this moment. What I will say is, I ain't died for nobody. I ain't shed my blood for nobody. So I don't sit as judge, jury, or executioner. What I do say is, God's grace is sufficient. And through the hardships and trials of life, being a black man in America, my God has never failed me. Let me give you a little scripture so you can understand this a little more. When I had a, when I had a real wrestling with this real quick, can I just talk about this for one last brief moment? Then I'm going to get to you some scripture, and then we're going to bless some people. We're going to bless some babies and all that good stuff. Here's where it hit the road for me. I, I, I remember uh, um, Rebecca Coons. I remember uh, Trayvon Martin. And I remember, Britt, how um, P.O.'d I was. Because I remember the times where I used to drive my children, especially my oldest boy, to school, and he would always, especially in high school, he would always want to wear his hoodie in the car. And I would always tell him, son, you can't wear your hoodie in the car. And for months, Bishop, he would ask me the question, why? Why can't I do it? And I would say, because I didn't want to get into that type of conversation early in the morning as he's going on to school, it's too heavy to have that conversation at 6.50-something in the morning, taking him to school. What I would say is, because that's just the way it is, son. Until I had to have the conversation when a young black man wearing a hoodie had his life unjustly taken. And I had to wrestle with the anger, with the pain of that moment, with the lack of encouragement in that moment, becoming cynical, saying, it ain't ever going to get better. The Lord took me to Habakkuk chapter 1. And in Habakkuk, Habakkuk is looking at what is happening amongst his people and what is happening in the world. And he's telling God, he's saying, God, I'm hot. Why every time I look out, I see violence upon violence. And why when I cry out for justice, justice always goes perverted. And then the Lord answered. He asked these series of questions. You go back and read it, Habakkuk chapter 1. He, reads, he, he goes on to these series of questions. And then the Lord said this. Quite odd of this joy that the Lord would say this. He says, look amongst the nations. Wonder and be astounded. For I'm doing a work in your day that you would not believe even if told. What was the Lord telling me? Keep my eyes on him, and son, I got the whole world. You know what we're saying, little Billy? He's got the whole world in his hand. And there was an act of justice that God provided for us on Calvary's cross. 
and I know the justice that was served in is going to come back one day in its fullness. And so I wait with hope. I serve and love and I trust his promise. I wait with hope. I serve and love and I trust his promise. I wait in hope, JB. I serve with love. And I trust this promise. Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. I believe the New International Version is on your, um, on your screen. Uh, I'm going to read it. I'm going to give you four quick takeaways. And I mean quick. We'll take them brief. We got these babies in here. And you know how anxious they can get. So we're going to move through this pretty quickly. But I want this to get into your hearing, which will get into your spirit. Because faith comes by and hearing by thee. So I'm going to read it, then I'm going to do my best to break it down, and then we're going to do what? I'm going to read it, I'm going to do my best by God's grace to break it down, and then we're going to do what? Last one, I'm going to read it by God's good grace, Jamasia. I'm going to do my best to break it down, and then we're going on home. Here we go, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, 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 when you see a therefore, you need to begin to look and study what it is there for. In this chapter, this is the great Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7. And in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus begins to do his good old teaching as only he can do. And the first thing that he starts to talk about is how you practice, how you live out this faith. In other words, what Jesus says is, do not be no hypocrite. Don't say you belong to me and you don't live like me. Don't say, so fathers, you can say that you look at your children. Oh, don't you go out in them streets saying you belong to me, acting the way you acted. For the mothers in the room, what they used to tell you when they were sending you over somebody's house or you going somewhere, you better not, you better act like you got some home training. You better act like you bear my name. You better act right. My mama used to tell me when you go in the store, where you act up is where you get. You better act right in here. So the first thing he said, don't be no hypocrite. Don't be one way in the light, then you be one way in the dark. Be consistent. The next thing he begins to do is teach us how to pray. So if you do get a little off, he's saying, I need you to know how to come back to me and have conversation. I need you to be able to know, tell me what's going on in your life. I need you to know how to approach me right because I'm a holy and righteous God. Don't just come to me any kind of way. Remember I'm holy. Remember I'm real. Remember I'm righteous. Remember I'm just. So I'm going to teach you how to have dialogue with me. That's the second thing he says. Then he talks about, ooh, this is the one, this is the one, this is the one that get us every time. This is the one that get us every time, Senor Hal, it's forgiveness. Then he, he teaches us about forgiveness. In other words, releasing someone of their debt. It does not mean that I forget the transgression or the trespass on my life. It means that because I realize the gospel says I'm first a sinner, secondly, I'm sinned against, I release you from the debt. 
Now, when we talk about matters of abuse and things of that nature, yes, justice does need to be served in a number of those situations. But let's think about this generally speaking. Generally speaking, I release you of the debt just like Jesus released us of our debts. Oh, I don't know how many of you here got student loans, but you've been filling out that paperwork for loan forgiveness, have you not? Oh, we got a church now, boy. I done had about 20 people in the room. Oh, you ready for that student loan forgiveness? Is you not? You got to real get country, ain't you? Ain't you waiting on it? Well, if we're pursuing that in the natural, how much more should we be pursuing that in the spirit? And realizing you had a debt that you could not pay, no matter how many works, no matter how good deeds you do in the world, you could never repay Jesus back for the ultimate offense that we committed towards him. But he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I release them of their debt and now I bring them into the fullness of my grace, the fullness of my mercy, the fullness of my love. Amen, somebody. So that's what that therefore sets up. That therefore sets it up. And then he talks about where you lay your treasures. So he here in this moment gives us the ability to have a heart examination. What's most important to you? Is it material goods or the message of the gospel? Where are you laying up your treasures? What's most important to you? Is it that position at your job? Is it this certain dollar, no, dollar that you have assigned to your savings account, your checkers account? Is it that car you want to have because you want to look best instead of being blessed? Is it the boo or the bay? The boo is typically a man. The bay is typically a female. But they can be interchangeable, Miss Jody. Go either way. Where, 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 are you, where are you laying up your treasures? What, have, what, takes up most, what takes up the most real estate in your mind and in your heart? Is it Jesus? Or is it the cares and the gifts of this world? So here we are at the therefore. That's what Jesus was laying up. That's what he was teaching. In other words, he was letting us see that the world cannot offer you anything better than he can. The world will lie to you, but Jesus will live for you. Here we go. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Some of y'all got a TJ Maxx demon. And why are you anxious about clothing? I'm going to tell you the truth. I got a sneaker demon bad. I got a, Mike McMorris, I got a sneaker demon bad, y'all. Pray for me. I love a good sneaker. I got too many. They overflowing. I got them downstairs. I got them in multiple rooms. I got a sneaker demon. Okay, I just had to be honest. 
You know, if I'm going to talk about it, I'm not going to call you out and not talk about myself. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I got a sneaker demon. I've been laying my treasures up, Jay, every, waiting for that sale text to come through. And I said, okay, I'm waiting for the alert on the, on the sneakers app when the next pair of Jordans come out. I got it bad, Mike. My name is Chuck Reed, and I'm a sneakerholic. We don't be real in the church. See, I had to do that in a moment because folk getting tense and lock up on you. I had to tell you, I struggle with the cares and temptations of this world too. So here we go. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But, 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 if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and you need them all. We need clothes, we need shelter, we need food. Yes, we do. But then he says this, your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But here's what I want you to do. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself, sufficient for the day of its own trouble. If I had to preach from a sermon title this morning, I'm going to preach for the sermon title much more. And that's where we'll stop and pause for today. Thank you for taking your time with us today. If you would like to learn more about our church or have us pray for you in any way, you can find us at www.rebuildchurch.com. That is www.rebuildchurch.com. Our church meets in Durham, North Carolina, and if you're looking for a church to attend, we'd love to have you join us. We meet weekly at 10 a.m. on Sunday, and you can find more details about what to expect and where we are on our website. You can also find our full services on our YouTube channel. Please join us for our next episode as Pastor Chuck finishes up his message, which is titled, Much More. 